You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. I am your host, as always, Isaac Watson. And again, all of my listeners, subscribers, uh, those of you who reach out to me um, and who have been enjoying this platform, this podcast, this stage, thank you so very much. I appreciate all of your support all around the world. Um, listen, I know I missed a couple weeks. Things have been um, a little crazy on my end, and I'm going to try to make it up to you. Um, but I but I do want to go ahead and uh, I want to uh, jump into today's topic. But before I do that, I uh, every now and again, I like to go and I like to look at some of the um, some of the reviews that uh, many of our uh, listeners uh, post. So what I want to do is I want to read one of our reviews and uh, and then we'll go from there. Um, so this review is from Real Authentic Love, and it says, Isaac's Church Talk podcast is a real blessing. I first came upon the episode on ministry in the marketplace and the place of fivefold ministry in the church and soon became a listener, excuse me, and soon began to listen to more of the podcast. This strengthened me with further clarity and walking out, calling in ministry. The episodes offer fresh relevant, eye-opening, and at times challenging takes on various topics related to the church. I found tremendous insight provided, especially on many topics that many wonder about, but aren't always addressed openly within the church. I think Isaac does a great job of addressing imbalances and has sensitivity to where people may be uh, coming from, all while holding true to the faith that has been entrusted to the saints. By all means, listen and dive in. You will be enriched. Thank you so very much for that review. I really do appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully today's episode can be another episode um, that is challenging but yet relatable. Uh, I know it's something that's oftentimes not spoken about um, in church. It's kind of taboo, um, but I do want to address it. Um, before I do that, we have a couple things going on. I have a couple things going on, and I want to make it uh, known to even this platform, Church Talk with Isaac. So Isaac Watson Ministry, some of you all who have been listening and following me uh, for quite some time now, you say you enjoy my teaching, you enjoy my teaching style, many of the topics that we um, that we cover, and uh, I am actually offering, I'm getting ready to do a class, an online virtual class that you can go to my website and register for called the school of the teacher the school of the teacher and what we'll be doing uh, in this class for uh, many people who desire to become better teachers of the word of God better teachers of the scriptures um, people who desire a greater comprehension uh, regarding the scripture understanding the scriptures the purpose of the Bible um, being more skilled in, uh, in in teaching and reading and studying the word of God listen this class, is for you. I want you to go to my website. Uh, it's going to begin November 20th. So from now until November 20th, you will have an opportunity uh, to register, to sign up. I guarantee you it is worth your investment. You want to make sure that you do that now that you don't delay. Um, just visit my website, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com. And you can even forward slash that, uh, 
S-O-T-T, stands for School of the Teacher, S-O-T-T. Again, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com forward slash S-O-T-T. Or you can just go to the website. It'll be right there on the home screen. Click it, register, be a part of it. Very affordable. You will not be disappointed. Trust me, trust me, trust me. All right, I want to get into today's topic. Um, There's a lot of conversation that revolves around sexuality, And I want to talk about it today because I believe that it is intriguing. And um, I want to talk a little bit about my uh, church history um, and uh, this topic. As I said earlier, it can sometimes be a bit of a taboo topic where uh, many people they or many churches historically have not done a good job at addressing a human sexuality, um, sexual desire, uh, even uh, conversations around uh, a homosexuality, same sex attraction, LGBTQ uh, attraction. And uh, lust and uh, a fornication uh, and, and, and just sexual uh, uh, attraction, sexual orientation and sexuality. I want to talk about that today. I'm not going to take a lot of time to do it, but I want to explore it because uh, quite honestly, this is a topic that I believe is very important. It's led many people away from the church because of the uh, because of the lack of emphasis or even understanding, clarity, conversation, preaching, teaching, uh, uh, a dialogue around these types of topics. And it led people to feel as if they just have these desires. They have these passions. The church was not able to give them a door or an answer or a solution. So they would rather just, instead of living miserably, where they live a life where they attempt to suppress their feelings and suppress their desires, they would rather just go and just live uh, uh, out however they feel. I want to talk about this today, um, again, because I think that is very, very important. Now, let me start with this. As a a kid, particularly for me, um, as a teenager... There was more talks in church about and and around sexual purity and the importance of not fornicating and uh, the importance of not having sex outside of marriage uh, and that God sees it as sin. And if you partake in it, if you are a part of it, that makes you a sinner and that you need to repent from your fornication. You need to live a life that is Pure. You need to live a life that is chaste. You need to save yourself from marriage. And this, in most cases, for many teenagers who grew up in the church, has been the extent of the conversation around sexuality. Right? Uh, so <laughs> there's been more conversations around those things sexual purity, not fornicating, not being in adultery, not having sex. Then there's been genuine conversations around sexuality, right? And um, one of the things that I've seen happen in the church, uh, (laughs) quite honestly, is that the church in many ways have demonized sexual desires, right? If you want to have sex, if you have a desire to have sex, you need to pray. You need to ask God to remove that desire from you. Because if you have those desires, it means that you are controlled by a spirit of lust. Now, all right, y'all, I'm just going to go ahead and just talk about it, right? The church in many cases have demonized sexual desires and we have not created healthy environments 
for sexuality to be talked about, to be dialogued about, for uh, for teenagers and uh, even adults to be able to express how they feel because if, if they're identified as someone who is overly sexual or someone who has a desire to have sex, they may be looked at as someone who, again, is controlled by lust, someone who uh, has, 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 has uh, how can I say it, fornicating tendencies or whatever the case may be. And one of the things that I want to say and I want to bring to the conversation is the fact that I believe that we have done the church and many people, male and female, young and old, a disservice. And we have driven many people onto the verge of insanity because of the way that we've taught sexuality. And one of the things that I believe the church has to bring out to the forefront and we have to begin to reevaluate is sexual desire. Because one of the things that I believe is that sexual desire is not necessarily lust. Can I say that? Some of y'all don't like it. I'm going to say it anyway. Yes, I believe that just because you have sexual desire, it does not mean that you're full of lust. Sexual desire is not automatically lust. As a matter of fact, sexual desire, hear me. Sexual desire is natural. Sexual desire is normal. Hear me. Hormones are a part of the human anatomy. When God made you, can we just go here? Genesis chapter 1 and 27. When God made man, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let uh, them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And then it says this, and God blessed them. God, so, so God created man in the image of him, male and female. He created them. And this is what it says. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So what we actually see here is that sexuality is introduced within the introduction of mankind. I'm going to talk about it. I know this is a little different for some of you. And then we're going to bring, you know, some perspective to it. All right. But let's just talk about this. When God made man, male and female, one of the first things that he gave them to do is be fruitful and multiply. Now, I know we can have all kinds of revelations around that. We can talk about, you know, replicating sons and daughters around the world. We can talk about how Adam and Eve is a type and shadow of Christ in the church. And this is a picture of believers being born again into the spirit, the sons and daughters, how the kingdom of God is to expand, is to multiply, uh, you know, how we are to display the fruit of the spirit in and through our lives and, and that we are to be at, uh, uh, advancing in our kingdom assignment. And all of those things. But if we look at the natural perspective, it says be fruitful and multiply. Although all of those things that I just said are true, it's revelation. It is the reality versus the type in the shadow. All of those things. The fact of the matter is that this is also a natural commission, a natural charge, a natural design, which means that God was telling Adam and Eve to... Relate in such a way to where you can bear children, have sex, have sexual relations. So when God gave that charge, 
And when God created man or formed man in Genesis chapter two, one of the things that he had to create within their anatomy, hear me, is sexual desire. The desire for one another. When Adam saw Eve, he said, oh, man, this is not bone of my flesh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Right. So sexual desire is introduced in Genesis chapter 27 and 28. But we've demonized it so much. Now. Let's talk about this. I do believe that parents should play a part. And again, this is church talk with Isaac. So I'm just kind of talking to you, just kind of dialoguing with you. I want you to follow me. All right. I do believe, A, that is not primarily the church's responsibility to educate children on their sexuality. Secondly, I don't believe that it is the school system's responsibility, whether you're listening to me from the United States, whether you're listening from other nations around the world. I don't believe that it is the school's job to educate children on their sexuality. I believe it is the responsibility of parents, whatever that may look like. If you're raised by your mama, your daddy, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, whoever. It is the responsibility of the parent to educate their child in their sexuality. Educate them on sex. Educate them on culture. Educate them. Hear me. Because what's happening now in our American culture, and I know it's happening around the world, is that there is a hypersexuality or, or a hypersexualized culture that is um, that is that is here to where sex is on everything. And 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 uh, here in America with equal rights. And I know this is not everywhere around the world, but in America where we say that this is the land of the free, the home of the brave, the place of equality where we should at least experience racial equality, um, uh, gender equality, sexual equality as far as sexual orientation. Um, we should experience equality. So we see an overemphasis now on equality even being pushed on TV and movies where we see, um, and, and, and again, all of this is not bad or wrong, all right? Some of this needs to happen, but hear me, where we see equality, where we have interracial couples, where we have couples where they have the woman that may make more money than the man that's displayed, where we have uh, uh, same-sex couples that are being um, uh, portrayed, where we have uh, 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 blacks and Hispanics and minorities, Asians in America that are being uh, highlighted and giving ro and, and are being given roles to play in movies and in, and in uh, plays and in TV shows. And we just see this this variety of expression where um, where 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 the culture of America and and the state of our church, excuse me, the state of our nation where we desire to see equality is being enforced. Now, the thing with that is because that's being so one of the things that's also happening is children being exposed to sexuality in the sense of where the TV is educating your children. YouTube is educating your children. The school systems are now educating your children and are telling your children, hey, if you feel like you're a boy and you're really a girl. Or let me say it like this. 
If you are biologically um, born with female parts, but if you feel like you're a male, that's okay. Embrace that part of you. Now, I want to say this. That is not the school system's place. That's not TV's place. That's the parent's place. Now, whatever, wherever the parent falls on that, that's on the parent. But that's the parent's place to educate their children on sexuality. Because what we're seeing now is that students and children are being introduced to sexuality before their hormones even kick in. So now when you're growing up in a culture like this, and now let's talk about the church. When you're growing up in church and you are developing these sexual desires, you want to have sex, you want to explore sexually, you are experiencing your sexual hormones, your hormones are waking up. You're starting to like boys, you're starting to like girls, you're wanting to engage in sexual activity, your mind is going there, your body is responding. And then the church doesn't educate you, but the church tells you, if you do that, you're going to hell. If you do that, you're a sinner. Now, my thing is this. Do I believe in sexual purity? Absolutely. But I believe that the church has to take a different approach to where we as a church, we begin to fully educate people. In sexuality. Now, let me say this. Because with children, as they grow up and they feel these things, one of the things the church has to address is what do you do with what you feel? What do you do with what you feel? We've been teaching that all sexual desire is lust. So now I got to fast. Now I got to I got to pray it off of me. Now I got to I got to, you know, suppress. I got to do all of that. What do you do with what you feel then? Is all sexuality. And sexual desire, lust. Let me say this. No. All sexual desire is not lust. However, I gave y'all a good almost 18 minutes talking about that. Let me give you the other end. I'm going to try to wrap this up. Lust is real. Lust does exist. And what some would try to do is eliminate lust as if it's non-existent. And all sexual desire, all sexual desire is okay. When the fact of the matter is that not, not all sexual desire is natural. Can I say that again? Yes, there are, there are some sexual desires that are natural. But all sexual desire is not natural. And let me say this. Not all natural desire is God's design. Let me say that whole, let me press the rewind button and say that again. Not all sexual desire is natural, but even if it is natural, not all natural desire is God's design. So we have people who very sincerely and in a very real way have been born with certain desires. They would say, this is just what comes natural to me. Right. But I want to say this, just because you were born with certain desires, it doesn't mean that your desires are God's design. Now, we, that can go into a whole conversation about the human anatomy, 
about what can be transferred genetically, about about trauma that can be transferred genetically, about um, about uh, think of it this way. If intelligence can be passed genetically. Which is a intellectual component. If natural looks can be passed down genetically, hear me, if spiritual gifts can be passed down genetically. Paul told Timothy that the same gift that was in your grandmother that also dwelled in your mother, I perceive that you have it also, which means that there was a gift of faith that actually passed genetically. Gifts, spiritual gifts can be passed genetically. Surely there are also designs and desires that may not necessarily be from God, but that can pass genetically because of what was experienced through previous generations. So this is the thing. We have to begin to examine these types of things in wisdom and in discernment so that we can give people an answer as to what God's design actually is. Now, again, I say that not all sexual desire is lust, but there are some sexual desires that come through lust. Now, When I talk about lust, lust speaks in general of strong desire, right? It's having a strong desire with something. So my question is, is it wrong to have a desire for sex? No. Is it wrong to have a strong desire for sex? No. What makes a desire wrong is what motivates it, right? What makes it wrong potentially is what motivates it as well as what it drives you to do. It's one thing to have a desire. It's another thing to be driven by that desire. I hope you all are listening to me. When we talk about being driven by desire, that is when we talk about being controlled by what we call lust. It's okay to have desire. But when your desires drive you into places and spaces that causes you to violate your love for God, your love for other people, your love for yourself, it's a sign that you're driven by lust. If you are driven to the degree to where it violates self-control, you are violating the nature of God. Because one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. I hope y'all listen to me. I know this is different uh, for church talk with Isaac. Maybe I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm saying that because I haven't talked about this, but maybe it's not so different (laughs) from church talk with Isaac. But nonetheless, it needs to be talked about. Right. So what we have to understand is when we when we talk about sexuality, one of the reasons why sexuality uh, is so abused And it can become a if it's neglected, if it's not understood, uh, it can lead people into into places mentally, psychologically, um, into depression, into suicidal uh, tendencies, into into shame, into guilt, into condemnation, into all of these different things, condemnation, all of these things. And the reason is because we do not teach in the church the purpose of sexuality. Sexuality has a purpose. I'm really going to try to wrap this up. Sexuality has a purpose. And if you do not understand the purpose of sexuality, you will abuse its concept. 
If you don't understand the purpose of sexuality, you will abuse it because hear me, because you will always abuse what you can't define. I hope y'all listen to me. Hope y'all listen to me. Whether that if we're talking about sexuality as far as a person's sexual orientation or preference. These some de- these are some of the definitions of sexuality, a person's or a sexual orientation or preference or the capacity for sexual feelings. If you do not understand the purpose of sexuality, the purpose of a person's sexual orientation, the purpose, hear me. Of a of a of a person's capacity for sexual feelings and those feelings vary on different levels. Those capacities vary on different levels. What you hear me, what you can't define, you will inevitably abuse. I hope you all hear me. So this is this is the thing. Again, like I said, what makes a desire wrong is what motivates it as well as what it drives you to, what it drives you to do, what it drives you to become, how it drives you to think, how it drives you to react, how it, come on, how it drives you to relate, how it drives you to see the people that you are probably called to be in covenant with to some degree. Friendship, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, whatever your desires drive you to. That should define, excuse me, that that should point to the source of that desire. And and, and what it does is it leads you into wrongful lust. Now, when I talk about wrongful lust, wrongful lust, because not all lust, hear me, this may go into something else, but not all lust is bad. You can talk about um. Having a lust for success. Some people could even... Now, when I use the word lust, maybe that's not the best word, but another word is a strong desire, right? Having a strong desire for success. Having a strong desire to be a good husband. Having a strong desire for the things of God, right? So there's good lust and there's bad lust. But when I talk about wrongful lust, wrongful lust, particularly sexual lust, is whatever drives you to sexual immorality, So that's the danger. The danger of wrongful lust is that it drives you to sexual immorality. I'm not talking about just sexual desire. Sexual desire is one thing, but sexual immorality is something altogether different. Sexual desire is one thing, but sexual immorality is another. Now, when when someone acts out on sexual desire, Outside of the intended context designed for sexuality. That is what leads men into immorality. That is what leads men into the works of the flesh. That is what leads men into fornication. Into adultery. Into pornography. Into, hear me, into masturbation. Some people say that ain't no sin. Pornography ain't no sin. This isn't wrong. That isn't wrong. I can give you scripture as to why from a new covenant standpoint. I can give you scripture as to why I believe. It is. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't on here. But let's look at this. James chapter one, it says this. Blessed is a man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, 
which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one, this is important, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, this is the thing. One of the things that I teach, even at our church, is that is that um, temptation is not sin. You can be tempted by something, but it does not mean that you have entered into sin. Jesus was tempted, but yet he was considered sinless. You can be tempted, whatever, whatever it is, you can be tempted by money, tempted by, um, a, you know, a, a sexual desire, tempted by uh, greed, tempted by success, tempted. Come on. You can be tempted by a, 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 a lot of different things. Right. Temptation within itself is not bad. James said the man who endures temptation is blessed. It doesn't say that the man who avoids temptation. It says that the man who endures temptation. Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter six, uh, 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 when when he told his disciples how to pray, he told them, uh, pray that God will not lead them into temptation. Right. So in other words, even if they are led into temptation, that they would be delivered from that temptation or delivered from evil. So temptation within itself is not bad. But verse 14 says this. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. But this is the issue. When desire has conceived, or in other words, when you entertain those desires that are enemies of covenant. When you become pleased with the entertainment of those desires, you will begin to yield some consent to those desires. In other words, you'll begin to entertain those thoughts, entertain those desires. And, and the scriptures say that when you do that, when you, when you entertain it, or when, uh, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. So what, 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 what brings about sin in your life is when you give in to the desires of your heart that 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 are opposing to the nature of Christ. Uh, and when we deal with sexual desire or sexuality, we're dealing with those things which um, which violates the idea of covenant. The purpose of sexuality. I may have to do a part two. The per or or cut this some kind of way. But the purpose of sexuality is for the reality of the fullness of, of covenant, the exploration and the beauty of covenant to be fully explored. The purpose of sexuality, God gave you a sex drive. God gave you hormones. God gave you sexual desires because one of the things that he desires through, um, let's say, marriage as a type in a shadow. He desires that marriage to exemplify the nature and relationship of Christ through the ministry of marriage and reconciliation so that when people see your relationship, they can see your relationship as a mirror image of Christ. So a part of what helps in aiding in that connection to the one that you are covenantly in agreement and connected to is sexual desire. 
what makes the conversation around sexual desire different than um, many other conversations and really, really it's, it's kind of in our own ideology uh, because you do see it in other expressions, but is the fact that it's something that turns on at a certain point in almost everyone's life. Because you do have some people that don't have strong sexual desire. They were not born with strong sexual desire. And they may still get married. They may decide not to get married. They don't have a desire to be married. They may des- you know, they may live their life as someone who's committed, as we're talking about believers, someone who's committed to the kingdom of God, maybe as um, what Jesus may consider a eunuch, um, or just someone who decides to remain unmarried like the Apostle Paul or whatever the case may be. And they may be someone who may have a gift where they are not given into strong sexual desire. Most people have some level of sexual desire. And what makes um, this particular topic different than many others is the fact that it turns on at a certain point where most people are not in a position to say, let's go ahead and get married now. So what it shows is that one of the things that has to be displayed is self-control. I'm not necessarily talking about uh, uh, sexual suppression where you're trying to use the works. You know, you're trying to you're, you're, you're trying to change something about you through your own works. But I am talking about allowing you to live a life in the spirit where the fruit of the spirit is evident in your life. We have healthy relationships in your life, healthy conversations, because oftentimes sexual desire is heightened uh, in the midst of obscurity or hiding. Or secrets or whatever it may be. I got to get off of here. These these are supposed to be short. This is supposed to be short, but this one's not. (laughs) But it has to be talked about. It has to be talked about. I think what I want to do is I want to do maybe a part two on this. I may want to bring someone in and have a conversation and do a dialogue on this particular topic. If y'all want me to do that, reach out to me. Let me know um, that you want me to do that. Um, And I'll do that. I have to cut this. Because I don't want to go too much longer. And if I start, if I keep talking, I'm going to I'm going to keep talking. But this is important. We have to talk about these things. Um, if we really want to see the, the, the church become and, and move into another uh, level of health, health, health. I'm not talking about church growth and all. I'm talking about health. All right. So listen, I love y'all. Thank you all for tuning in to Church Talk with Isaac today. Again, check out my class. Go to my website, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com. Uh, check out my class, School of the Teacher. Register. It's very affordable. You're going to be blessed by it. Four classes, over eight hours of teaching um, at a very affordable rate, and you're going to come out better and more knowledgeable, um, uh, more skilled because of it. All right. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Share this. Uh, write a review. Leave a comment. Um, reach out to me. Let me know some topics that you'd like me to hear and I'll do my best to cover it. All right. You all have a great week. I'll talk to you all soon. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends, family and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. 
Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.